Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today we're going to talk about how to block pain and boost pleasure. That's right. If you're like me and you struggle with chronic pain, I have bilateral sciatica, meaning sciatica going down both my legs, uh, or you have any other type of pain. You know, people have back pain, headaches, joint pain, nerve pain, whatever kind of pain you are in, this is the episode for you. Uh, Just looking at the stats, 51 million people have chronic pain in America, right? But worldwide, 20% of people are struggling with chronic pain. And out of that, about 7 to 10% have high-impact chronic pain. So high-impact chronic pain would be uh, they have a restriction, they have work restrictions, uh, social and, and uh, restrictions, and, and, you know, just struggling to take care of their daily activities and do their normal self-care stuff. And that's been going on for at least six months. And so with this high-impact pain and chronic pain, there's anxiety, fatigue, depression, cognitive difficulty, None of this, none of these things are, are things that we really want in our lives. And then when we link it to suicidality, you know, there becomes this perception of unbearable pain and suffering. It increases our fearlessness about death, right? The more pain we have, then the less we fear death. It engenders, like I said, depression, but also hopelessness. And it facilitates a desire for escape through death and erodes our natural fear of dying. And with that, um, there's like this sense of, you know, we start to perceive ourselves as being a burden to others, right? There's this thwarted belonging where now, you know, if you have chronic pain, you're not able to contribute to the household or the family. You feel like a burden. People are having to rearrange their lives for you. Uh, that that can all just suck, right? And And so it makes sense that there's a link to chronic pain and suicidality. And even for me, from a personal perspective, with this with this bilateral sciatica, I mean, there are just moments where I was just like, I don't want to live if, if the pain has to be like this. And, and then I was watching, you know, I'm a big college football fan, and Deion Sanders, uh, who was, a, you know, played in a world series and also uh, won a Super Bowl and uh, so he went pro in baseball and football I mean there's not a lot of people out there like that and but now he's like walking around with a limp because he has this pain in his foot and so he just had the toes amputated and they were saying he might have to have his leg amputated and I was like wow look at this guy he was a two-sport athlete and you know he is bearing the insufferable pain and deciding to, you know, just, hey, just cut it off. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, man, this pain gets much worse. Just cut the legs off, you know, uh, because I want to keep showing up for you guys have you, uh, as you have been showing up for me. And uh, so you're one of my anchors. I really appreciate you all tuning in and listening. And then so I want to share with you a couple anecdotes also about because when we look at pain killers, opioids, right? Like the the number of people, I don't even know the full stats on how many people throughout the world are on 
painkillers, but it has to be astronomical. Uh, let me look it up. Pain killer stats world. Why? How many people? Uh, wow. Which country takes? The U.S. has the highest rate of opioid-related hospital admissions, uh, 197. Oh, here we go. More than 11% of Americans report non-medical use of prescription opioids at some point in their lives. Uh, a considerable increase from 4.7 10 years prior. So at 11% in America, I can't imagine... And they're saying that 3 million U.S. citizens and 16 million individuals worldwide have or are currently suffering from opi opioid use disorder. So painkillers, right? 3 million. That's a big number. And that number seems to only uh, be increasing. It might be decreasing now because I know it's starting to crack down on it. And there's so much information more about how uh, you know, addictive opioids are. Where, you know, in the beginning, doctors were being lied to about um, how, you know, how unaddictive the painkillers were. And I, so I want to share uh, three things to highlight the importance of managing the pain instead of medicating the pain, getting away from it. And, and this is not to take away from anyone who, is, who are taking painkillers. But I, I just want, I think when we hear stories and uh, it, it, it makes us aware of are we managing and using and coping with our painkillers and our pain in a healthy way or are we uh, headed down a path of destruction? And, and even if you, if you yourself aren't struggling with chronic pain, you may know someone who is. So I'm reading this book uh, Cockroaches, I know it's a strange title, by Joe Nesbo. It's a crime fiction book. And in that book, he tells a story about people, are uh, 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 soldiers in Vietnam. And when they were injured, the medics would come around and write either an L on their helmet, an M or a D. And the L meant they were still alive. So, uh, you know, uh, once an area has been bombed and the and the wars, and not and not the war, but the fighting's moving on from that area. There would be a bunch of bodies just laying around, and some people would be alive, so they would put L on their helmet, and then some people would be dead, so they put D on the helmet, and then some people uh, were alive but received morphine, so they put M on their helmet. And the reason why they designated uh, the morphine uh, soldiers were because if they gave them too much morphine, then they would overdose and die. However, there are some soldiers who were in so much pain that once they received their uh, dose of morphine and they felt like it wasn't enough, they would switch helmets and then, you know, call for the guy. Then another guy would come around and give them more morphine. And as a result, a lot of these soldiers died from morphine overdose, right? And so I, 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 tell, I highlight that story to say, that as much as we want more morphine or more of what's alleviating the pain, it could ultimately result in our death. It could ultimately result in some calamitous uh, results. 
right? And so this this highlights the importance of finding more natural ways of coping with our pain. And then I read this book, The Sports Gene, right? And in a book, The Sports Gene by, I think his name is uh, David Epstein. I know for sure his last name is Epstein. But The Sports Gene. He says, MCIR is a gene that impacts how we experience pain. People with this gene don't live very long. They don't shift their weight when sitting, sleeping, or standing as the rest of us do instinctively. As, uh, and then they die from the joint infection as a result. So basically what he's saying is that there are people who have this gene, the MCIR gene, which prevents them from really feeling any pain or very little pain. And so as a result of not feeling any pain, they they don't shift like you know when I if you're laying on a couch watching a movie at some point you shift because your back or your hips or your neck starts to hurt um, if your girlfriend is laying on your arm when you're cuddling you shift your arm because it starts to fall asleep but they don't do that they don't feel the pain so they don't shift and so I, this is an opportunity to reframe pain as a signal to shift change and pivot right uh, to you know shift our body position to change our mindset to pivot uh in um you know the direction that we're going uh with work or or what have you but um pain is a signal that whatever we're doing right now uh needs to be shifted changed uh or alleviated or, or addressed but not avoided or numbed right and, and then going back to the whole morphine thing, morphine actually does not decrease pain intensity. What morphine does is reduces the emotional unpleasantness that results from pain, right? The pain circuitry in our bodies is shared so strongly with the circuit, uh, the circuitry of emotions and many of our neurotransmitters are too. So when we modify our emotional response, we modify our pain response. This is beautiful because then this increases the, the efficacy of when we talk about meditation or journaling. You know, basically what this is saying is the morphine that, you know, we've been given to soldiers and, and people who are struggling with chronic pain it doesn't re- reduce the pain intensity, but our emotional unpleasantness that results from the pain. So once again, we're talking about coping with emotions, our emotional response versus uh, numbing out the pain, right? And I just want to share a quick quote with you uh, from Lord Byron. The great art of life is sensation. To feel we exist, even in pain. You know, and, and I love that quote because I have to remind myself that feeling pain is a reminder that I can that I'm alive, that I can feel anything. And I know it sucks to feel pain. And um, I can't imagine what pain you're going through. But on the other side of pain is pleasure. And we'll we'll talk about that. A little later, right? 
um, yeah, it's our it's our perception to pain. Because you think about like when you're in the heat of battle. I remember um, when I I had I had a cast on my hand from playing football. I didn't feel that. Some dude hit my hand. It, it ballooned up into the size of a, a basketball. Um, but I didn't feel it at the time because I was in a heat of battle. And so when we are in battle, it changes our perception of pain. This is why a lot of times, um, you know, you'll work out Monday and then you won't feel the pain until Tuesday, sometimes even Wednesday, right? It, it takes some time. We have the adrenaline rushing, the endorphins going. So when we are engaged, um, it, it lessens our perception of pain. This is another reason why it's so important that if you are in chronic pain, that you want to stay engaged somehow. You want to be working um, something to um, it, and, and uh, keep your mind busy and active where you're playing puzzles and uh, but staying busy somehow. I remember watching, it was an episode, I think, of Grey's Anatomy, and the, the woman, uh, she she maybe had like a few weeks to live or a few months to live, and but she just kept working, and she was in this awful pain. And they were like, you need to rest, you need to rest. She was like, no, I need to work. She was like, the working is is what is keeping the pain away. So finding a way to stay engaged, and we'll get we'll we'll run off a list of um, ways to to specifically boost pain, and and it's shocking too. It's I was surprised at some of the things that I found that uh, help to block pain and boost uh, and boost pleasure. Uh, so how do we block pain? Let, let's let's get into it. How do we block pain? Um, one is to focus on the pain free areas. So I, as I mentioned, I have sciatica bilaterally going down both legs, but there's no pain in my hands or in my shoulders or elbow or my ears or, <laughs> or my kneecaps. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's mostly posteriorly hamstrings, calves in the feet, uh, glutes and, uh, that, that LS, that, that lumbar sciatic, uh, merger where those two areas are, but like my stomach, lungs, you know, eyebrows, all those are good, you know. So to focus on the areas that are pain-free. Two is to think neutrally, you know. So uh, uh, typically we we talk about thinking positively, like you know, hey, I'm still I'm still alive, or life is great, life is beautiful, it's so awesome. Instead of thinking positively, which is so hard when we're in pain, think neutrally. Think, I have a body, I have muscles, I have nerves, I have, I can see. Like those are very neutral statements. The sky is blue, my shirt is black. Like think about, get yourself to neutrality. And then once you feel neutral, meaning that if you're in pain, and then you can get yourself to neutral to where like you're calm and you're not, um, you know, the, the pain doesn't feel so intense, then we can move into thinking positively. But don't swing from, you know, I'm in so much pain, life is unbearable, this sucks, it'll never end, to like, life is awesome, it's amazing. Like, that's that's not fair, right? Let's, let's slowly and gradually move from one state to the next. 
Um, and we don't even have to move into the positive area. I really don't, you know, necessarily believe in that necessarily. I mean, we can stay neutral and then uh, explore where we want to go from there. The third thing we can do to block pain is to distract ourselves with work, as I mentioned earlier, or even puzzles, right? Puzzles, writing, uh, setting goals, staring at something for 90 seconds, staring at like pick a point in front of you. And I'm not talking about the television, but you know, if you're in your room or wherever you are, just look at anything for 30 to 90 seconds. 90 seconds would be optimal. 30 seconds would be enough. And just stare at it, whatever that thing is, whether it's a, a hole in a wall, a, a patch of paint, don't let your eyes move. Focus on that one thing and just and just notice how it changes from the first second you looked at it to the, the last second. But stare at that for 30 seconds. And there's something about that that helps us to distract our brains from pain. The fourth thing that we can do is breath work, right? I subscribe to the HRV breathing method which is inhaling for five seconds and exhaling for five seconds. You can go on YouTube and download, or not download, but uh, there's a bunch of YouTube videos on HRV breathwork that'll give you the sound cue. So like, like it'll do that, you know, every five seconds. Um, and I, I find that, just doing five rounds of that actually uh, helps to reduce the intensity of pain. But, you know, if depending on what your pain level are, five minutes, five to ten minutes of HRV breath work, and I, I definitely think that you'll see a drastic reduction in your perception of your pain. Uh, the next thing that we can do is cold and heat, right? Uh, whether it's ice pack, ice baths, cold showers, uh, a sauna, hot tub, cold and heat. So, you know, uh, because pain is intense, so exposing ourselves to something that has even a greater, um, it's even more extreme than what we're feeling. So cold, you know, heat packs, ice packs, things like that. Play with temperature, um, but build up your your tolerance to it. If you've never taken a cold shower, don't set your shower on as cold as possible and jump in. Slowly uh, build up uh, your your level to as cold as it can go, as cold as it can go over time. Um, the next thing is music therapy, right? Playing playing music that really resonates and connects with you. I think it was Bob Marley. What did Bob Marley say? He goes, music, you know, good music can really, oh, he said, one good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. So music therapy, I, I love it. Like play some, you know, some songs from your childhood that you really love. Play Christmas music, you know, even if it's not Christmas or, or theme, you know, I like to play or theme uh, songs from old sitcoms that I used to watch, like Good Times or the Jeffersons, um, but music therapy. And, and, and the research shows we only need nine minutes of happy music to feel happy. So, you know, especially something that you can sing to and bop to and 
and that maybe other people in your family know. And with music therapy comes chanting, you know, nam yo, yo, or singing, you know, gospel music or church music. Whatever kind of music therapy you're into, all you need is nine minutes and boom, you'll feel a difference. Uh, the next thing that we can do is uh, acupuncture, right? Ac- especially for nerve pain, acupuncture, massage, those are great for I get I get a massage, uh, a really intense massage once a month. It's so painful. I forget about my re- <laughs> I forget about my chronic pain. Like I I feel no sciatic pain during this massage. So don't go in for like, you know, the nice relaxing massage. Get that real sports deep tissue massage and and it'll it'll change your life. Um and then in terms of psych, uh, uh, you know, an Epsom salt bath. Oh, especially after I play sports, Epsom salt baths are so great. And then there's a couple things that I, I didn't know. Did you know that spicy foods like cayenne pepper and wasabi also act as a way to block pain? Because they release capsaicin. And that and capsaicin is used in pain relief medication. If you've used, uh, not Bengay, like Tiger Balm, these other like um, skin medications, they might have capsaicin, capsaicin in it, as do other pain-relieving medications. So we can get that naturally from spicy foods like cayenne pepper and wasabi. So, you know, add those spices to your food. You know, you'll, you'll cry. It, it'll, it'll make you feel good. And then if you want to go um, with oils, Lavender oil has been found to be beneficial for headaches. Peppermint oil for fibromyalgia or physical pain. And you'll notice that you'll find those mixed in with uh, a bunch of different Epsom salts also. Bone broth. Now, I thought thought this was interesting. Bone broth is uh, great for blocking pain because it has collagen, proline, glycine, and glutamine, and chondroitin, sulfate, and glucosamine which work together to reduce inflammation in the body. So a lot of the foods that we're eating don't have bones in them. Everything is boneless from the chicken, the fish, the beef. We get everything without the bones. But because we're not eating the bones, uh, you know, my mom's from Belize, you know, they would suck the marrow out the bones. And I thought it was disgusting as a kid, you know, because I'm, I was born in America, and I was like, what are you doing? She was, and my mom would always say, uh, uh, she would always espouse the, the nutritional benefits of eating the bone marrow and, and, and chomping on the bones. And now I'm discovering why, because that is where the collagen is. And so you'll notice that everywhere now is selling collagen, and it's because it's been taken out of our meat. And collagen is the glue for our ligaments. So our ligaments, you know, are, are getting weaker because we're not getting in the collagen that we naturally would get from the bones. So drinking bone broth is a way for us to get that chondroitin sulfate and glucosamine, which can help reduce inflammation in the body. And reducing inflammation will thereby reduce the pain. What I also didn't know is that swearing can reduce uh, can help block pain. That's right. Using those F words, C words, whatever words that you want to use, that can reduce uh, pain. Think about when you stub your toe. 
you immediately go to you know a, a, a swear word even if you don't say it you, you know you might be thinking it you know I remember we had a teacher in middle school I went to a Catholic school and she would say Jesus Mary and Joseph <laughs> it was so funny it, it to this day I catch myself saying it sometimes but swearing it because and here's why swearing uh, can help block pain because it boosts our our autonomic uh, arousal. It increases our autonomic arousal, and that's the same thing that increases with fear. So that's why when we are in game mode, right? When you're playing a game or you're in the heat of battle, you don't really feel the pain that you're in until afterwards because of the increase in our autonomic arousal arousal when we're in that fight flight fear we don't feel pain because we're trying to get away from whatever is trying to harm or kill us so swearing increases our autonomic arousal and and with that fear i didn't know that i didn't know that fear acts as a painkiller the more pain we fear the less pain we feel and i think this is why uh, so many people like to watch crime shows because um, they're in, you know, emotional pain, mental pain, uh, you know, there's social pain, financial, well, like whatever pain they're in, watching these crime shows or listening to these crime series, it actually helps to alleviate whatever pain that they are experiencing. So anything that increases our autonomic arousal will um, uh, help reduce our pain. Public speaking can reduce our perception of pain and help block pain, right? Because when you're public, there is nothing more terrifying to most people than to speak publicly. And so if you put yourself in these fear-inducing situations, it will help to block the pain that you're receiving. So for some of you that might even be riding on a roller coaster or bungee jumping, um, So, or even, you know, just being honest with someone, being emotionally honest, uh, making amends, um, uh, you know, sharing your truth with someone can, can, uh, block pain, um, speaking to someone, or even if you don't public speak, but calling someone you're afraid to call because of, for whatever reason, maybe you owe them money, maybe you like them, you're in love. And you haven't told this person that you have feelings for them. And so even those uh, situations are a way to increase our autonomic arousal, which then decreases our perception of our pain, right? Um, playing vi- uh, violent video games like shoot 'em up video games or car racing games, anything that boosts our autonomic arousal that's like exciting. And if you play any type of exciting video game, that can block our pain also. Now, this doesn't mean that you play video games all day because then what happens is we deplete our dopamine stores, and which then leads us into depression, right? So if we're going to um, use, if we're going to play video games, then don't play longer than 20 minutes. Play in 20-minute increments. And then, you know, kind of unplug, write, journal, do something else that allows your dopamine uh, levels to reset and restore 
so that we're not depleting our dopamine levels through uh, playing video games. And then on the other side, so how do we boost pleasure? We talked about blocking pain. So video games is a way to boost pleasure. But watching a funny movie, Michelle and I right now, we're watching uh, Love at First Sight, or Love at First Flight on Netflix. Love at First Flight. And we love it so much because the two characters in there are from our other favorite TV show, White Lotus, which plays on HBO. But Love at First Flight is playing on uh, Netflix. And it's just it's just this cute little, you know, meet cute movie that we're both taking joy in. It's not hilarious, but it's just a cute, you know, nice little cute movie because we love to watch action movies. And so this is a nice uh, departure from that. Um, the other way to boost pleasure is to do something you've never done before, whether that's write a book, but novelty, going someplace you haven't been before. Um, but try something you've never made something in the kitchen you've never made before, whether it's kombucha or sourdough bread. Um, what's something that you've never done before, a place you've never been to, even if you don't think you'll like it, just just scheduling it and the act of thinking and planning and preparing that's it gives you something to do it gives you a purpose it gives you a north star right i I think about um i forget who the the brain guy was who was in a chair for so long but he was always writing books uh uh, stephen hawking's right they gave him like uh you know six months to live and he lived for so long and he, he divorced and he got remarried and the whole time he was paralyzed but he was always engaged. He was always, um, you know, reading, writing, um, being funny. He found a way to live life. Yeah, I think he had kids while he was still in a chair. Like, he just kept it moving. So do something you've never done before. Uh, go for a swim. Go for a walk. Write a letter. Writing a letter boosts pleasure. Like, pen to paper. Oh, my gosh. Like, you can write a letter someone who's still alive write a letter to someone who's passed away you can write a letter to your future self or your past self like put in the mail write a letter to santa just have some fun with it like remember we don't have to take life so seriously we're here to have fun and find a way to play in the pain um what about another way to boost our pleasure is to try on all your clothes you know just just play some music and then just see how your different clothes fit you right now. You probably have a lot of clothes, a lot of shoes, a lot of things that you haven't worn in a while. Try on all of them and <laughs> see how it, it changes your perception of how you feel. Um, paint the walls. I love to paint. I love to paint the room a, a new color. But painting the walls, like finding some kind of construction project that you can be involved in, there's something very satisfying and gratifying about um, you know seeing the room before and then seeing it after you know take photos also and you can do that even with trying on different clothes is to take photos of yourself or even I would uh, have music playing and then I would set up my set up a camera and, and video record yourself trying on all the different clothes and then you can send that to friends and 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 people just for fun um, but have fun with your life take a nap Take a nap. Taking a nap reduces when when my and I feel like too much pressure, too much pain. I take a nap and I immediately, 
I immediately feel this reduction. As soon as I lay down, I'm like, oh my God, this feels incredible. This feels beautiful. And then last thing is rearrange stuff, you know, um, rearrange. I like to rearrange my books. That brings me great pleasure. Rearrange the furniture, your apartment, your house, whatever. Re- just rearrange things, put things in different orders, categorize stuff, whether it's your, uh, your forks or even like your seasonings or go in your pantry and rearrange things, uh, your cabinets, but, but, you know, rearrange things, put things in, in spots you typically wouldn't put it, uh, you know, just for the sake of, of movement for, for doing something different. And then I said that was the last one, but the last one is uh, create your own prayer. Yeah, come up with your own prayer, like your own self-talk. And with that creation, create your own game. I have friends who have created their own crossword puzzles. Like you realize like every every game, like from Sudoku to Wordle to crossword puzzles, I'm playing this game called Connections uh, through the New York Times. I love that where um, there are 16 different words and then you have to figure out how they uh, connect, is, and it, there's four categories, and you have to figure out what four words connect to make that one category. I love that game. Um, but you can create your own game. All those games were created by someone, and you can create your own game. You could even write a comic book strip, you know, write, create your own comic strip. And it doesn't have to, everything that, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up in the, the commoditization of things like, well, what's the point of doing this if uh, it's not going to make me money or uh, I'm not going to publicize it or whatever. But doing it for the sake of doing it. Do it for you. And that could be stitching, sewing, um, but but learning a skill, taking a sign language. You know, I was taking um, ASL. So taking classes, and these are things that you can take online, right, via Zoom. So practicing the guitar, like taking lessons. Um, There's just so many different ways that we can block pain and boost pleasure. If you found any value in this episode, take seven seconds and share it with one other person so that you too can then share ideas and communicate on how you are blocking pain and boosting pleasure in very natural ways. Because when we communicate, then we build a connection, and when we connect, we build a community. Thank you for tuning in to this uh, episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Remember, it's not a substitute for calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.